0: Lord for thy grace plan that we thy dwelling place may be.
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry
2: Ron, we've had three remarkable life study programs covering a passage of the New Testament most people either ignore altogether or maybe at most just skim over it. This matter of the genealogy of Christ at the beginning of the Gospels. But by now, I think it's really clear to anyone who's listening that we've been missing a lot,
3: haven't we? Let's be reminded of something basic and obvious. This is the beginning of the New Testament, and is focused on Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the one appointed by God. When we look at the genealogy, it seems to be nothing more than a list of names that are difficult to pronounce, and we may dutifully read it, but have little or no, probably no impression. But a servant of the Lord, Brother Witness Lee, undertook a very careful, detailed, deep study of this genealogy in relation to the entire Bible, especially the Old Testament. And we see marvelous light and precious riches concerning the significance of the genealogy of Christ the son of David, how his being brought forth into humanity involves God's move throughout history, certain principles that are embodied in this genealogy with respect to the persons named and their function, especially regarding three main persons, Abraham, David, and Mary. I personally can testify that this portion of the New Testament was simply a list of names to me until it was opened up in the life study of Matthew. So it's a great blessing to have this light. We're happy to participate in fellowship concerning the ministry on Matthew chapter 1. And we very much encourage our listeners to acquire a copy of the Life Study of Matthew and read these messages in the Lord's presence, reread the genealogy in Matthew 1, and see what you sense in the Lord's presence and what you realize regarding Christ himself. You will be blessed.
2: Ron, can you take a minute or two to review a couple of the most striking cases Most of the names, of course, are hard to pronounce and they're difficult for us. But once you get under the surface, the stories unveil a part of the gospel of God's economy and his plan that otherwise we would really be poor
3: without. Three of the names I already mentioned and would comment on again in response to your request are Abraham, David, and Mary. And let's be reminded, this is a life study of the Bible. It's a study so that we may understand what is written and what is revealed. It's a life study because what is written is meant to be spirit and life to us. So with Abraham, we have faith. He represents faith. And we, the believers in Christ, the sons of God, are spiritually speaking, children of Abraham, carrying out God's New Testament economy, which, as Paul points out in 1 Timothy 1.4, is in faith. Then we have David, and here we emphasize the spiritual significance of David's life, is a life of the cross of suffering. Yes, he was the turning point figure in God's history in the Old Testament. Mark the end of one age, the beginning of another age. He is called David the King. But with respect to the experience of life, David's life exhibits, experiencing the cross with much suffering between the time he was anointed by Samuel until the time he was established as the king, how he suffered. Then we have Mary, who said to the angel who had been sent with a word from God, let it be done to me according to your word. She presented herself as the handmaiden of the Lord. Let it be done. This is God's word. This is what God wills to do, wants to do. Let it be done. Here we see total submission to God, His will, His way, and His word. Well, Ron, let's get into it. These
2: first three programs on the genealogy have not disappointed anyone, and we're in store for another wonderful one today. So let's join Witness Lee.
0: There's two genealogies, one in Matthew, one in Luke. Matthew says the son of David was Solomon, and Luke says the son of David was Nathan. If we read Chronicle, we could see these are two names, not of one person, but of two persons. David did have a son by the name Solomon, and he had also another son. By the name Nathan. Rook's record is the genealogy of David's son Nathan, who was Mary's forefather. Matthew's record is the genealogy of David's son Solomon, who is Mary's husband Joseph's forefather. One genealogy is of The Mary line, the wife's line. The other is of Joseph's, the husband's line. Both Mary and Joseph were the descendants of David. But they were two families under one grandfather. One family is the family of Solomon. That belongs to Joseph. And the other family is the family of Nathan. That belongs to Mary. And eventually, under God's sovereignty, these two descendants, one male and one female, got married together and mingled into one. Then they brought forth Christ. So in a sense... Christ could be counted as the descendant of David belonging to the family of Solomon. He could also be counted as the descendant of David belonging to the family of Nathan. And this is why he has two genealogies.
2: Run in several New Testament passages, it clearly identifies... That Christ would be the son of David, and the genealogy of Christ in Matthew and the genealogy in Luke both confirm this point in two different ways. Can you develop this thought for us?
3: The two different ways are related to the character of the respective gospels, the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke. Both unveil Christ as our Savior. Luke emphasizes the Lord's humanity. Yes, he's the Son of God, but he came forth by being conceived in the womb of a virgin by the Holy Spirit, and the entire gospel unveils him in his uplifted humanity. Therefore, the genealogy in Matthew is a record of a line of human development, beginning with Jesus and going backwards all the way beyond Adam to God, indicating that our Lord Jesus is a real man, a perfect man, who came into being as a result of his historical development. He truly is a human being, although without sin, and born of a virgin. Matthew is the gospel concerning the kingdom of the heavens, and it presents Christ as the King Savior, the Messiah. So the genealogy is of a different nature and character. It opens with the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, son of David. It doesn't mention Abraham first, but David, son of David. This is a title of extraordinary significance. This indicates he is, as a descendant of David, the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah, the coming king. So these two lines... In their respective gospels, unveil to us two crucial aspects of Christ Christ in his humanity, and Christ, the seed of David, the son of David, the Messiah, the king.
2: Ron, you mentioned that this may seem an obscure point, but actually, as you investigated, it becomes quite a wonderfully rich point. We have another one coming up in this next section. And you mentioned that both lines came through the house of Judah. We're going to touch this matter of the house of Judah and the house of Israel in this next section. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: The one kingdom of David became two. The northern one is called the kingdom of Israel. And the southern one is called the kingdom of Judah. Well... It is quite strange. The northern one got an universal name, Israel. Israel is more universal than Judah. And the southern one got a name of something so local. Why it is called Judah? Because it is just nearly a kingdom of that one tribe of Judah. So it is called the kingdom of Judah, and the rest was altogether eleven tribes formed into one kingdom, which was called the kingdom of Israel. I would say with you: to you, which title means more and better, the kingdom of Israel or the kingdom of Judah? Huh? Surely, I would say the kingdom of Israel, because that is for the majority. That is for something universal. I would never be for Judah, because Judah is too local, too narrow, too narrow-minded. But in the genealogy of Christ, not one name of the kings of the kingdom of Israel Is included. They were universal. They were broad minded. Yet they were excluded from the generation of Christ. Why they were excluded? Because they are not joined to Christ. Well we know all the scriptures were written. For our what? For our Learning and all the things that were there in the old testament were types of the things in this new testament age. Well, today we have the same kind of thing in the same principle. The church was one, yet the church after a certain day was divided. Not divided into two, but divided, I would say, into more than two thousand. You know, some of the time, people would say, are not the people of the kingdom of Israel still the people of God? Surely, by that time, they were. But listen, they were the people of God. Yet, they were outside Of the line of Christ. Just be careful. To be outside the line of Christ. That is, you are still God's people, but you are not uh so much for Christ. You are rather for something else than Christ. Today, The situation, in principle, is exactly the same. We all are real Christians, we all are God's people, but we be careful. Are we solely, purely, fully, ultimately for Christ, or are we for something else? If we are for something else, surely we will be through with the Lion of Christ. This is why none of the kings of the northern kingdom, the bigger one, the more universal one, none of those kings was included in the genealogy of Christ.
2: Ron, the history of Israel following King David reveals a shameful division among God's people. And this division went so far as to eventually result in two completely separate kingdoms, the kingdom of Judah or the house of Judah, as it's referred to, and then the kingdom of Israel in the north. Israel was by far the larger kingdom consisting of 10 tribes, whereas Judah had only the two tribes, Judah and Benjamin. Yet of all the names mentioned in the genealogy of Christ, none are from the house of Israel. Why should we pay attention to
3: this point? Why should we pay attention to this? Read through the genealogy again. What is its goal? At what person will it arrive? It arrives at the Christ. The Christ. It begins with Jesus Christ, the son of David then the genealogy that will lead to Christ's coming forth is presented. And all those whose names are in this genealogy are in some way, in God's wisdom, related to the coming of Christ. And the kingdom of Judah, although so small, was really the remnant of David's kingdom. And it was very much related to Christ. And also, in Judah, was the appointed center of worship, Jerusalem. Yes, the majority of Israelites were in the north. You could say they were people of God. But none of the leaders there, none of the prominent persons there, were related to Christ. So from God's perspective... One may be from a much larger nation, be a prominent person, but if one does not care for Christ or is not related to Christ, then you will not be included in this genealogy. The criterion is Christ. That's why it ends with unto or to the Christ. That's the difference between the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel. We should see beyond size, beyond our preference, beyond the outward appearance, and agree with God's view and God's value. He values that which concerns Christ.
2: Ron, that's really a tremendous point. Of course, all throughout the history of Israel, Jerusalem was the center of God's testimony, and the house of Judah hung on to Jerusalem. They preserved God's proper testimony, as you said, whereas the majority all went another way, to a place that was in many regards more desirable and more pleasant or more convenient. But the Lord is looking for his faithful ones even today. Ron, let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Three times of 14 generations indicates the triune God mingles himself with the creatures in full. It's quite meaningful. We know the persons of the triune God are the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And this genealogy is of three sections. The section of the fathers, and the section of the kings, and the section of the civilians, including the carry ones and the recover ones. God the Father just fit in the section of the fathers and God the Son who is Christ the King just fit in the section of the kings and God the Spirit who is working with all his people just fit in the section of the civilians isn't this wonderful so three times of fourteen means what means a mingling Of the Triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit with all his creatures. Jesus is the mingling, is the total mingling of the Triune God with his creatures. And this record of the generation of Jesus is just a mingling of the Triune God with man. He has been traveling from Abraham through Isaac, through Jacob, through Judah, to Boaz, to Obed, to Jesse, to David, and then through so many generations to Mary and Joseph. And then he came out and he became Jesus. This is Jesus. Jesus is the triune God, traveling through all these generations. Then he came out as what? As a mingling of the divinity with the humanity.
2: This section of the Bible seems very difficult to find the riches. And yet, if we're given a few keys, it really has an enormous amount of light. I think this last portion today also falls into that category, showing us the mingling of the wonderful triune God with humanity for the accomplishment of his purpose. Ron, how do we see this tremendous point in the three groups of 14 generations?
3: Okay, how do we see this point? We don't see it merely by studying the letter of the text and tracing the historical development. The fact that there are three sections is crucial. And the three sections, each one, includes 14 generations. The number three, surely and rightly understood, points to the triune God. And we may then go on to say that in particular, the father is related to the first group of 14, the age of the fathers. And then the son to the next section of 14, related to the kings. Then the spirit to the third section, focused on the common people. So here, if we have spiritual illumination, not a revelation beyond the Bible, But illumination as to what is in the Bible, we will pay attention to this. And what we have in the 42 generations is all kinds of human beings who are somehow related to the coming forth of Christ. So you have the humans in the 42 generations. You have the triune God indicated or at least implied by the three sections And this leads us to realize that the issue of this will be the mingling of God and man, which is exactly what we see revealed, especially in the Gospel of Luke, that the Holy Spirit conceived the Son of God in Mary's womb. And this God-man went through a gestation period like normal humans do, He was born as Jesus, a real human, but he was the God-man, the mingling of divinity and humanity in one person without producing a third substance. So in light of the person our Lord Jesus is as the complete God and a perfect man, and we view the genealogy, we see this is the triune God eventually mingling himself with man to bring forth the Christ, the God-man Jesus. Praise him.
2: Ron, this is such a marvelous point that there's room for all of us in God's full salvation, his redemption, and in the outworking of his marvelous economy. Thank you very much, Ron. Well, we hope that you also have enjoyed today's program and Have been really impressed at how marvelous this genealogy is. As we said before, once the keys are in your hands, and the best key I can think of is this life study that Ron and I have been referring to in our speaking today. It's the printed life study, volume number one, which includes all of these messages on the genealogy of Christ in Matthew. And also as a chart of the generation of Christ, which shows in parallel. The genealogy of Matthew side-by-side with the genealogy of Luke is included in volume number one of the life study of Matthew. There are 12 complete messages in volume one, as well as this chart that will really help you get into these messages that we've been enjoying on the generation of Christ on the radio. So we'll give you the information here in just a moment about how to get the life study of Matthew volume number one. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. You can also write to us at Living Stream Ministry, PO Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to us at radio at lsm.org. Please join us as we continue with the Life Study of Matthew. For Ron Kangas, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening.
0: Dear Lord, we give ourselves to Thee.
2: Receive us
0: into Thy wise hands.
1: This program is brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher of the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. To find out more, we invite you to visit our website, lsm.org. There you'll find more than 600 titles from both authors available online. You can also listen to recordings of Witness Lee's spoken messages and see the full array of material that Living Stream has to offer.
3: Again, that's lsm.org. Thanks for listening today.